Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And before I even get into this podcast episode, you can probably notice there's something up with my voice. It is true. My voice is a little bit off. I have been doing some meditations. As you guys know, I'm in Tulum and I love Tulum. I love it here. It's absolutely amazing. It's one of my favorite places in the world. There is an amazing vortex of positive energy here that feeds me. It nourishes me. I feel amazing here and I enjoy all the people I meet whether they live here or are passing through, I absolutely love it. And I highly recommend you make a trip out here. I mean, look, it's a beautiful place. If you love the beach, if you love the sea, if you love surfing, you love scuba diving, snorkeling, if you love hanging out with amazing people, if you love the jungle, I mean, Tulum is a lot. I, I just love it. You guys know I love it. So if whether you're planning a vacation or a permanent move, this is the place. This is going to be ground zero for the Alpha State Emergence. Now, that being said, what's going on with my voice? I'm doing a lot of meditations. And within the last couple of days, in fact, it was three days ago, I did an active meditation using a lot of voice. There's a lot of speaking at high levels, a lot of explosion of sound. And so my voice is a little bit off. <laughs> my vocal cords are a little bit torn up. It's almost like I've overworked them. Like I went to the gym and I utilized my vocal cords and now they're sore right? There's like having sore muscles, like having lactic acid in your muscles. That's what's happening with my vocal cords. But it's okay, brothers. I'm good. I'm not sick. I'm healthy. I'm well. I'm doing amazing. Let's get into the episode. Now, this episode is about some things that I mentioned in the Thought Upload podcast episode. This is the first time I've talked about this concept on the podcast. However, it is something that is taught in the academy. It is a piece of information that is required to have an understanding of the how around creation. I've had a few brothers ask me some questions about the process of creation itself, about how creation works as a force. Remember, there are many forces in the universe, in the way we perceive the universe from our very limited human perspective. Okay, there are so many forces. We just haven't discovered them all. They're all here, they all exist. Gravity was here long before the apple fell on Sir Isaac Newton's head. I mean, gravity's been here throughout the entire time of existence. Throughout the Big Bang in the very beginning, gravity has been here. But we've only come to know about it in the last few hundred years. So there's so many forces that exist. Gravity is one of those forces. Electricity is another. Magnetism is a third. Creation is a force that is still unknown to most scientists because it rests in the realm of spirituality. When we talk about creation, most of the time when I say creation or when people talk about creation, they think about some like religion, right? They think about how the world was created, how the earth was created. Science doesn't tend to tread on religion. It's been considered off limits to science based on an agreement struck centuries ago between science and religion in Western history, specifically Europe. In contrast, our ancestors from ages predating the rise of Christianity in the West and those in the East 
were far more advanced in matters of spirituality, it seems that the Christian church, in yet another example, has done more to de-evolve our species than it has to bring us into communal oneness. This is what led Europe into the Dark Ages, brothers. It seems that religion, being an outer path, has missed the mark consistently, while spirituality, being inner path, continues to draw us into unity and light. This is not an indictment against religion generally or Christianity specifically, okay? I have nothing against religion and I have nothing against Christianity. I'm just making observations that any of you could see and make the same given your knowledge of history. So while creation may not be something that scientists are currently working on, it remains to be one of the most important forces in the universe. Before I begin this episode, I do want to say something. I am not actively engaged in clinical studies around the force of creation. I'm not. I am, however, using the scientific method of experimentation and observation to determine the validity of how creation works. This is largely from the students in the academy as well as in my own life. I am not claiming, <laughs> I would never claim that I have the answers on this, okay? Because this is something so mystical. It is something so spiritual. It will be proven eventually if science and scientists ever decide to get really involved with the force of creation, the same way they got involved with the force of electricity. Thank you, Tesla, for that, right? Thank you. Edison, thank you for the light bulb and so on for like really getting into electricity, Combs law and everything that has to do with electricity, magnetism, gravity, all the forces. The scientists got into it and then they were able to discover that these things were here all along. They've just always been here. So I'm not claiming that I have the answers, nor am I claiming that what I'm going to introduce in this episode is the truth. I'm simply going to offer a hypothesis based on what I currently know regarding quantum physics and manifestation. So that being said, if you are a professor of theoretical physics, <laughs> I want to offer that you give me some leeway in what I'm about to describe. As you know, I'm going to attempt to explain deeply complex concepts in a way that aims to make them understandable in ideally less than 30 minutes. Furthermore, if you have no experience in quantum physics, I want you to know that what I'm offering is a basic knowledge and not the totality of the information in this branch of science. All of this can be found on the internet and in fundamental science classes around the world. Okay, now that all disclaimers are out, let's dive into the science of creation. First, everything in the realm of form is in effect. I've done episodes on this already. By the time we can see, taste, touch, smell, or hear something, it has already reached the realm of form and is now in effect of a mental cause. This is the first concept you have to know. Nothing in this universe is a cause in and of itself. It is all an effect that has its cause in the mental, spiritual realm. This means that the law of cause and effect, as we've been taught, is, at least at the spiritual level, incorrect. There is certainly a consequence of action, but nothing in form is the cause of something else in form. Your actions are not causes that determine effects. Your actions have consequences, but these are not effects. All of form is an effect of thought, which means of creation. That is number one. Now, once you've completely, and I mean completely and totally understood that concept, the next thing to know is how 
we get from cause to effect, which is to say, how does our invisible thoughts and intentions become visible things in form? How do our invisible electrical thoughts and our invisible magnetizing feelings become matter, become manifestation, become attraction? This is the purpose of this podcast, to explain the science of creation. The realm of cause is an invisible realm of oneness. It's like an eternal and infinite ocean of energy. It's pure light, pure love. It can only be light and love because these are the foundations of oneness in energy and in vibration. This ocean of energy, to use an analogy in an effort to explain a concept, is infinite. There is no beginning and no end where the center is everywhere and the boundary is nowhere. It is from this ocean of love that everything begins including our experience of time. Brothers, astrophysicists have established that our universe began 13.7 billion years ago, following an astronomical event they call the Big Bang. The most extraordinary thing to ponder about this event is that before the Big Bang, everything that had mass existed in one single particle that was smaller than an atom. Something ignited this speck, and the resulting explosion caused the universe to begin to expand. Now, I'm not going to hypothesize or speculate on what that something was. We can certainly discuss that. <laughs> I'm open to it. I love it. But it doesn't matter for this podcast. What does matter is that as this explosion expanded and continues to expand at an ever-increasing rate, everything that existed separated into two groups, creating a basic duality, quarks and leptons. Now, Everything has mass. Quarks are the smallest known building blocks of matter and are usually found in combinations. Scientists gave them the names up, down, strange, charm, beauty, and truth, or top and bottom. Two of these quarks, namely the up and down, gather into two groups, up, up, down, and down, down, up, which form what are called the proton and the neutron of an atom. So three quarks make up a proton, up, up, down, and three quarks make up a neutron, down, down, up. Protons carry a positive electrical charge, while neutrons are electrically neutral elementary particles. On the other side of the duality, which is considered to be pure light or energy, is a family called the leptons. Now there are six leptons as well, three different types of electrons or negatively charged particles, and three types of neutrinos or neutrally charged particles. When an electron, a proton, and a neutron come together, they form the basing building blocks of matter, which we know to be atoms. Now, scientists say if they could add up everything together that we know is atomic, which is to say has mass, the stars, all the galaxies, all superclusters, and everything, including us, everything on our planet and our cellular vehicles as well, we will discover that their sum represents less than one-tenth of the entire universe. The rest, or the space in between everything, is made up of what is called neutrinos. Now at first, scientists thought that subatomic particles, these neutrinos, streaming through space were pure energy, like the photon, that they were pure light. But they were able to measure them. They were able to measure their speed. And since they travel at 1% to 2% slower than the speed of light, they could not be pure energy. Scientists had proven 
that the largest of these unusual and barely detectable particles bear an infinitesimal amount of mass, about one millionth, one millionth, brother, the weight of a one proton. Having mass allows neutrinos to carry information, yet they are small enough to pass through any atomic barrier without resistance, including the cells of our body. These tiny cosmic messengers are referred to as the breath of the stars, the exhaled energy of stellar fusion, and there are more of them than anything else in the universe. Three trillion neutrinos and the material information they carry pass through every square inch of our planet and us every second. Now, our sun, which is the closest star to Earth, produces about 70% of all the neutrino that travels through the solar system. The remaining 30% are emitted by other stars in our Milky Way galaxy and a small percentage are from the planet Jupiter. These extraordinary particles are penetrating us with bits of information all the time, which means we live and move through a vast, continuous, and inescapable information field. Okay, so there are some things I want to explain about what I just said, because although that was, in my opinion, fairly straightforward, I want to expand on a few key concepts so that you have the why and the what moving into the how of all this working. First of all, as I mentioned, there are three types of positively charged quarks and three types of neutrally charged quarks. Up and down quarks have the lowest masses of all quarks. The heavier quarks rapidly change into up and down quarks through a process of particle decay, the transformation from a higher mass state to a lower mass state. Because of this, up and down quarks are generally stable and the most common in the universe, whereas the strange, the charm, the bottom, and the top quarks can only be produced in high energy collisions, such as those involving like the cosmic rays and particle accelerators. In other words, these higher mass state quarks do not exist in the realm of form for very long and quickly become stable as up and down. And remember, the up, up, down is the proton and the down, down, up is the neutron. So most of everything, everything eventually becomes an up or a down quark and then a proton or a neutron. Now, leptons are the same. Leptons also come in six flavors. However, only two of them are stable. Those two are what we know as the electron and the neutrino. The electron is negatively charged and is attracted to the positively charged nucleus of an atom. This balances the atom's charge. In order for atoms and molecules to be balanced, the positive charge in the nucleus must match the negative charge coming from the electrons. This is where we form the fundamental molecules of the periodic table, as well as complex molecules from covalent and ionic bonds. This is where all of the gases, liquids, and metals, solids, come from, as we know it, as matter in our universe. This is high school freshman chemistry. Now let's talk about speed and size. I already mentioned how fast the lepton moves. It's about 1% slower than the speed of light. This means they aren't pure energy. They're not pure light. These things aren't photons. Photons are pure light. Photons are pure energy. However, by moving at that speed, they can still appear to be in all places at all times. The older model of atoms was that the electron would circle around the nucleus somewhat like a gravitational orbit. This is due to the weak nuclear force that is placed on the electron. Protons and neutrons are held together with strong and weak nuclear forces, which doesn't really matter for this explanation. Although the weak nuclear interaction, which is what it's now called, is still there and measurable between the nucleus of an atom and the electrons that bring it to 
a neutral charge. The model of how the electron exists has changed somewhat due to the speed at which the electron moves. It appears as a cloud in all potential places around the nucleus at once. This is the difference between the wave and the particle. You may have heard this in quantum physics, the wave-particle theory. When you take a picture of an atom, you will see the electron in a position somewhere around the nucleus. That's the particle, the position. In a moment, when we observe it, it's in one place. However, when it isn't being stopped in a single moment, and you're just watching it in time, it will appear as though the electron is in all places simultaneously as a wave or a cloud, like the shell of an egg or the membrane of a cell. It kind of forms a cloud sphere around the nucleus. Now, as I mentioned before, quarks and leptons come from stars. About 70% of all the quarks and leptons we measure on this planet come from our sun. The other 30% come from other stars in the galaxy in the planet Jupiter. This is in the form of cosmic rays and supernovas or exploding stars. This is where these come from. This is important because matter is still being created in the form of quarks and leptons. It's just pouring out of stars as raw quarks and leptons as the basic building blocks of all matter. That being said, most of the quarks end up quickly becoming matter when they bond to form nuclei and pull to it the negatively charged lepton, the electron, which ends up balancing the positive charge of the nucleus. So what I'm getting at here, brothers, is that there is a constantly new amount of matter being poured into the universe at a nearly invisible level. I'm not saying this is new matter. What I'm saying is this, this is particle decay. This is coming out of the sun. It's coming out of stars as the stars get older and decay. And then when they explode as supernovas, they send all that matter blasting out into the universe. So it's not like new matter is being created, but new matter is always being emitted from the stars in our universe. Okay, brothers, <laughs> are you with me so far? Because basically what I want you to know is that at a subatomic level, there is a level of matter so small we can't see it. There is data, there is mass, and there is speed which is moving so fast that it appears as though it is in all places at all times. We are living in a field of information, and that information is made up of quarks and leptons, although it is mostly a neutrino field because the quarks have bonded into the nuclei of atoms, and the negatively charged lepton, which is the electron, is bonded to the nucleus of the atom in order to give it a total charge of zero. What is left over once that matter has been formed, is the neutrally charged lepton, the neutrino, what appears to be empty space. The other 90% of everything in the universe is actually a force of creation, attraction, and manifestation moving all around us and through us. Now, when you decide to enroll in the academy or the tribe, I'll explain why that is so important. For now, I'm simply going to proceed with the podcast episode. The human being is a luminous being. Brothers, only in form are we carrying this cellular vehicle. The vehicle, the cells, is dust. It is matter. It is form. It is just raw material. We are not what we appear to be. We are not solely an animal of cells in form. This is our vehicle for having a human experience. It's how we're able to have a human experience. We are spiritual beings. We are beings of light. We are souls living in a human body. 
light is well known and documented in the universe. We know some things about light. And one of the things we know about light is that it creates an electromagnetic field. Light is an electromagnetic radiation. Hear me when I say this, brothers. Light is an electrical field that oscillates in both time and space along with a corresponding magnetic field that oscillates with the same spatial and temporal periodicity. Now, what that means is that light is electromagnet, is electromagnetism. Why is this important? For two reasons. First, because this means that each of us is creating an electromagnetic field. You are a being of light. Therefore, you are emanating an electromagnetic field. Remember, we are triumvirate beings. We are made up of three things, mind, body, and vibration or emotion. Our body is the vehicle. The mind is electrical, using the brain to fire electrical signals. And the heart or emotion is magnetic, sent out from the magnetic monopole in the form of vibration located in the heart. When our mind or our thoughts and electricity is aligned with our heart or our feelings and magnetism, we have aligned our thoughts with our feelings and have created an electromagnetic field as beings of light. This is why we work on emotion so much in the academy and why you must believe your thoughts in order to manifest them. Because it is through feeling your thoughts that we believe our thoughts. Any thought that you believe will elicit an emotional response. And when you align your thoughts with your feelings, you have aligned your mind and your heart to create this electromagnetic field as a spiritual being of light. Okay? That's number one. Now, number two, the second reason this is important is because of how leptons react to the electromagnetic field. One of the most prominent properties of leptons is their electric charge. The electric charge determines the strength of their electromagnetic interactions. It determines the strength of the electric field generated by the particle and how strongly the particle reacts to an external electric or magnetic field. The lepton with electric charge is commonly referred to as a charged lepton, which is the electron, while a neutral lepton is called a neutrino. In the language of quantum field theory, the electromagnetic interaction of the charged lepton is expressed by the fact that the particles interact with the quantum of the electromagnetic field. Because leptons possess an intrinsic rotation in the form of their spin, charged leptons or electrons generate their own magnetic field, which allows them to become matter. Neutrinos, on the other hand, are attracted to another electromagnetic field, which we generate as human beings when we align our minds with our heart, when we align our thoughts with our feelings. Okay, brothers. So what we have here so far, if you're still with me, <laughs> if you're still with me, is that there is a field of information that we live in. The same way a fish swims through water, we swim through a field of data so small, not only can we not see it, it literally permeates every cell in our body. The size of these particles are so tiny, they pass through everything we know to be of solid matter so fast that it would appear as though they are in all places at all times. Just like the water a fish swims in. In addition to that, we are embodiments of pure light, raw 
energy. Thus, we are a vehicle of electromagnetic radiation. Our bodies are a vehicle creating an electromagnetic field. When the electrical field generated by our thoughts is aligned with the magnetic field vibrating from our heart, we have essentially turned on a machine of creation. We've turned on a machine of attraction. How does it create? By attracting its equal. Like attracts light. The neutrino field is essentially a current in the ocean. You can't see it, but it moves things in a certain direction. The neutrino field is a field of data that moves or attracts likeness. So brothers, I want to tell you two things, and I'm going to close up here because I'm about at the 30-minute mark, and I, <laughs> and I try to keep these podcasts in a drive time, right? Number one, our electromagnetic field slows down the vibration of quarks and electrons, the negatively charged lepton, so that it can manifest, it can bring subatomic particles into form. It slows their vibration. It slows their vibration into gas, slowing it even more into liquid, slowing it even more into form, into density, into solid. As far as attraction goes, it's the same, but a little bit different because what's left over is the neutrino field. So this neutrino field, again, like the water that a fish swims in, we are moving through a field of neutrinos. And like I said, I go way more deeply into this in the academy and in the tribe. But brothers, it's like the force. And again, I know I'm nerding out here when I talk about Star Wars, but look, it's just a reference point for you guys to understand. It's like the force. The neutrino field is like the force. It has current. It has movement. It moves things. And how does it move things? Why does it move things? It is unconscious. It doesn't move things the way it wants things to move. It just moves things. It's a force that moves things right, left, up, down, in all different directions. Why it moves things is because of your intention. It's because of what you're asking it to do. You're asking it to do it through your mind, through your thoughts. How it does it is through you aligning your thoughts, the electricity, with your feelings, the magnetism, so that your electricity and magnetism create an electromagnetic field, which then, like a magnet, attracts what it is that you are vibrating, that you are intending, that you're thinking and feeling. Whatever you're thinking and feeling, when that is in alignment, the neutrino field will respond to it. It will move whatever it is that you are asking for through your electromagnetic field to you. It will send it to you because like attracts like. Brothers, if you think a thought that creates fear, that thought and that feeling will be attracted to you. If you think a thought that creates the feeling of love, that thought and that feeling will be attracted to you. You are attracting what it is that you're vibrating. If you're vibrating a feeling of love, if you're vibrating a feeling of compassion, if you're vibrating a feeling of generosity and forgiveness and gratitude, then the people and things around you will be vibrating those exact same things. They'll be vibrating those exact same things because the neutrino field is sending them in your direction, just like it is sending you in their direction. That's why we have communities of people that think and feel the same way. If you're living in a community that's vibrating scarcity, lack, fear, greed, ignorance, shame, guilt, then brother, it's because you are. 
It's because you are vibrating that. And the neutrino field is just moving you in that direction. It's moving you there. It's moving them to you and moving you to them. This is how we attract. And it is how we create. It is through our electromagnetic field because we are not these cellular forms. We are beings of electromagnetic radiation. We are beings of light. Listen, brothers, I know that what I just offered you is a vast sum of information. And the fact is that we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. I'm only closing up here because of time. There is so much more for you to learn and know in order for you to begin to create and attract. And for this reason, I've created the Academy. Quite frankly, I believe this is information all beings of light, all humans, all children must learn in their first seven years of life. We should be learning this as kids. We should be teaching this to our kids. Instead, we are learning to live through the creation of our ego or the not-self. We're telling our kids to create an identity and live through that instead. Instead of living through their energy of light, we're telling them to create a personality and be that. Or even worse, we're indoctrinating them with our personality and telling them that they should be like us or they should follow the rules of society, which is just as bad or could be worse. We're doing it all backwards, which may be another podcast episode for you guys in the future. For now, just begin to recognize the power that you have. You are not an animal. You are not from this planet. We did not evolve from apes. Consciousness did not evolve. It was not created because we grew from apes, because our prefrontal cortex grew. That didn't create consciousness. Consciousness has been here all along. If our vehicles did come from apes, okay, if the whole Darwin thing is true, so be it. It doesn't matter. But we're only inhabiting these vehicles as souls of light. We're just using them for a journey. We're making a stop here on this planet to have some fun, to enjoy ourselves and experience the greatness of our power to create and to attract. Or you can just live in the unconscious conditioning of your ego and beta condition. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't really matter to me. I really don't care, brother. It's your journey. It's not my journey. My journey is my journey. I'm living my journey. It's your journey. And when you're ready to wake up to your true nature and enroll in the academy and take the first steps to remember who you are, we're going to be here for you. We're going to be here to help you understand this stuff and help you make it a reality in your life. You are a manifesting machine. You are a soul of light inhabiting a creative and attracting vehicle. Your soul, the alpha state, is who you really are. And you have forgotten this. And it is so because it must be so. It is done this way so that you can remember who you are. You've had to forget. There's nothing wrong with forgetting. There's nothing wrong with not knowing this. In fact, it's a part of being a human being. There are many paths that all lead to the same destination, and the destination is to remember. Brothers, the Academy is one path. We are here for you. We will guide you. You are not alone. You are here to remember. I love you all. And until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, Sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.